Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Welcome here. So today I want to talk about some of the interpersonal conflicts that I have been uh, privy to or seeing more and more of with working online or working remotely. We're still seeing uh, some dynamics that happen in the workplace, even when people are not, and I should say rather, especially when people are working remotely or they're not working in a face-to-face environment, we're seeing more of that piping up and we're seeing more complaints. So leaders are telling me, oh, I have the situation. So it was interesting in, in one of my classes last week, the leader was being coached and she was just feeling so stressed and overwhelmed because two employees were had an email exchange and instead of resolving the issue and trying to get more information and helping each other, they had dropped it to her by one forwarding her the email chain and saying, this person is being rude and disrespectful. And now expecting her as the leader to take on the problem and resolve it. So we're seeing, I mean, we always see that laziness to deal with interpersonal conflict. I see it. I see it's that hesitation to deal with issues. It's like when we're involved in it, it's different. We look at it differently because our lenses are differently. We're personally involved and we can't see beyond our personal involvement, our own emotions and the other person's perspective. So it's very important for us to step back and say, okay, what's going on here? What am I seeing? What's happening? So in a particular case, uh, similar to that, where you send a message to someone and their response was um, not giving you enough information. Now, one of the things we do is we tend to judge, uh, you know, some words on the paper, say it was abrupt, uh, it was harsh, it wasn't gentle, it wasn't, uh, it was strong, and all of those things really, uh, we bring our uh, interpersonal dynamics into the online world and we use the same judgment, the same words, and the same terminology to address written words. The reality is written words are just that. They're written words until you put your own perception and your own perspective on them. They're not conflict. They really are what a person is saying. And you have to now decide that person is angry, that person is upset, that person is accusing me, that person. And all of those things are possible to do online because it's a form of communication. But we have to be really careful that we're not reading too much. For instance, I get situations where they'll say, well, the tone of the email was very 
uh, abrupt or the tone of the email was very confrontational or the tone of the email was, you know, it hurt my feeling in other words. Absolutely. Words are powerful. We can, I mean, words, the power of life and death are in words, right? So whether the words are spoken or the words are written, they can be just as powerful and damaging. So we have to remember that and we have to pay attention to that when we are and we're dealing with interpersonal dynamics. Now, if you have a conflict situation, you have a conflicted relationship, you have to be extra, extra careful when you are responding via email. Meaning, if it's somebody that you tend not to see things the same way, you tend to have different perspectives on things, you have different work ethics, uh, you have different differences in understanding timelines, respecting due dates, and uh, where sometimes your your messages to that person have uh, from time to time been misinterpreted or or judged in a manner that didn't put you in a good light. So if there are those kind of underlying conflict or tensions in the relationship, you have to be even more careful. And those are times where you might want to use a Skype messaging or you might want to pick up the phone if you're allowed to and you have long distance ability to do that or a Zoom meeting or one of those video meeting options or calling options where you can use words to express anytime there is there is a a common uh, little theme that we use in conflict to say, if your email is going to be more than a paragraph, then it's time for a phone call or a face-to-face -face meeting. So if you find yourself writing more than a paragraph to that person to explain what you're doing or what you need to do, maybe it's time for a face-to-face -face meeting or it's time to pick up the phone or, or set up a Skype or Zoom meeting with that person. Because the tendency for your information to be misguided or misinterpreted is a lot more if the longer the message is. And, and we know that. And, and I mean, I write long, long emails myself, but it's, I'm always particular in the wording when I when I'm doing. If it's a conflict situation, if I have a situation in a relationship where the person has been annoying or as is a pattern of behavior that I want to bring to the attention, then I will certainly make sure I put examples. So I will add these point one, two, three, four, and I will bring out specific points to make, to, to clarify why I'm bringing that to the attention and why I want this to change or that to stop. And it's a good way when you're dealing with come because if you just say you always do that or you never do that, it can become more convoluted and then the person just feels that you're picking at them. So you need to be specific uh, you know, file number three, uh, seventy-five, or or document two, or this particular project, project one, or project two. Uh, these are the things I want to talk about. So really, be specific on the reason why you're you're raising that and what you want done. It's so important to not just uh, say stop it or do more or without being 
clear and specific on what action you want that person to take. That's also very important when you are writing emails um, where there is some ten tension in the relationship where you haven't been able to get along well before. You want to be specific as to what your ask is. What is it you're asking that person to do? And what would you like them to do? And if you have an ask, start the ask. Start your email with the ask. Repeat the ask in the middle of the email. Repeat the ask at the end so that you're consistent. So they hear it. Sometimes when there's conflict, people don't hear you. So uh, there are their own connotations. So you want to repeat over and over again just so that you stay consistent, but also to help you to stay on track as well as to what it is you need or want from that person. Uh, what you want changed or what you would like done better. In in this particular scenario where we started off where the leader felt that this was just dropped on her, on her desk and now one more thing she had to do. So part of what we did with that, it became a teaching on her ability now to coach the employee who bring it to her attention. So often as leaders, when these things come up, we feel, oh, now I have to fix this problem. Actually, no. Now you have an opportunity to develop your employee to deal with similar problems because they might end up with having these same issues with other employees. And that employee, once you've coached that employee, can now be a support for other employees who now have that problem. Can say, you know what, if if, if you're noticing others having those challenges, here are some strategies that you can share with them and might you be able to work with them that way. So it's very important for you to start um, pairing up employees, especially if you have a bigger portfolio where you're you're supervising more than 20 people, you have or you have hundreds of people that, that you're leading, you need to start pairing them up and supporting, uh, pulling out those individuals for coaching on how to deal with the situation, what prompted it, what do they see as a reason for this to come up? Why is it a bother to them? Why, why, why did they bring it to your attention, first of all? What would they like you to do about it? If there was a reason that they sent that email initially, what was it? Was it clear? Um, is there another way that they could have specifically asked for what they wanted? And make sure that that ask is showing up two or three times in the email instead of saying, why did you do that? Could you have sent an email? Is there another way you could have worded that? Could that have said, I was wondering or in reviewing this file, I noticed these elements were missing and I'm wondering if you could complete that, please, and send it back to me. I would like to have it. It's important that I have it by the close of of business next day or give people specific of what it is you want. So coaching employees into really having those communication as to what it is they want to have, why they need it and why it's important so that the other person doesn't think they're just picking on me or they want to give me more work or make my life difficult. Sometimes it's good to just share uh, a little bit about um, I need to have this file by the end of the day tomorrow so so payroll can go in, so we can build a customer, billings can be done on time. Whatever it is, it needs to be specific because everything you do in work, at work, is for a purpose. 
right? You have to complete the file so that it can be properly processed. If some information's are missing, then I'm not able to appropriately process it. And if constantly I find myself completing your work, then that means I have more work to do and I am falling behind in my work and I can't get my quotas done and I am holding somebody up. So could you do me a favor and follow these steps to complete the file, please. So it's be specific. Don't just ask, did you do that? Well, no, I didn't. And then be upset because the person said they didn't. Why why would I? It's it's really important. And when when as you receive those messages from your colleagues and they're asking you, did you do this? No, I wasn't aware that I should. Is there something missing? Is there something else I should have done? And just be empathetic, be willing to collaborate with others. And one of the courses I teach is on the six principles of collaboration and how important it is to understand why we collaborate and what are the elements of collaboration so we can have that in our workplace, we can have that uh, in our as leaders and most of the managers in this course across North America, they tell me the same thing. Uh, I didn't realize the elements, the principles of collaboration. It was so clear. I really enjoyed it. And if that is something that you want to help with your team, especially in a time like now where we're seeing more people move into online work or remote work who are not used to working remotely and communicating remotely, this is a time where you will see more interpersonal conflicts, um, more of these kinds of short communication coming up and being a challenge for you as a leader and for your employees. And instead of putting your head on your shoulder and being overwhelmed and feeling like, oh, this is just one more thing I have to do, I want to encourage you to see it as an opportunity to teach. This is a teaching coachable moment that you pull that employee aside when they bring that to your attention. Say, do you have five minutes? Can we talk about what you forwarded to me? I think this is a great opportunity for us to explore options for uh, for future interaction with others. And, you know, as you be as you grow in your in your leadership and the possibility of you supervising and leading others, this may be a moment for you to a learning opportunity that you can pass on to them as well. So I'd love to have a conversation with you on how this dynamic can be changed or how you could uh, manage, prevent, or uh, actually resolve this particular situation. And this is something that's so important. As I said, once you're coaching your employees through those conflict situations, it's all about how you address it. It's how about how you go at it. Because getting that kind of message makes me a lot more interested than when you say, why can't you just fix it? Why can't you people just behave? Or, or what's again, why can't you two get along? That person is going to feel scolded and naturally they're going to feel defensive and they want to tell you how horrible the other person is. And that's not that's not what you want energy. That You don't want your energy to go there, nor do you want your employees' energies to go there. You want to create an opportunity for learning. You want to go through it, see it as a positive. You want to help them to see it as a learning opportunity, a growth opportunity, and how that growth opportunity will serve them in their career as they move up the ladder to become supervisors and leaders one day. 
here's how, um, here's a learning opportunity on how we can deal with those future situations as you develop your skills as a, as a future leader in the organization. Very, very apt and very, very important to come at it from that kind of positive energy so you can develop your people. And really, at the end of the day, as a leader, your, your top job is developing your people. Because once you develop your, your team, they're going to execute at such a high level that you're going to have more downtime. Your stress level will go down. So it's important to look at those interpersonal conflict situations as teachable, coachable moments that you can engage with them and help them to develop the skills they need to be successful at work. And if you're looking for additional resources on interpersonal conflicts and, uh, you know, some of the, the pieces I've done on, um, even dealing with cabin fever or or some of the challenges, please reach out to us at interpersonalwellness.com. You can uh, email us and, and uh, message us and, and uh, check out some of the webinar topics that we have throughout this COVID-19 period. We're going to be offering many group coaching sessions for employees and leaders to jump on and and get the support they need and uh, webinars that talks about uh, some of these things and give you an opportunity to share and to learn as we all go through and support each other through these very difficult times so we can all uh, stay well and be well and ride this out to a place where we feel that we've conquered. And, and that's the, the spirit of humanity is that we're conquerors. And this is an opportunity to band together and conquer this too at work. And for those of you who are um, working in various different situations right now and work is going to change and the normal working realities may change for most people uh, post-COVID-19. So let's get ready for that and uh, help you as you work through that. Take care and I look forward to talking with you again. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guest and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.